to the God Coffee and Resilience Podcast, where you can get your weekly dose of confidence, motivation, and inspiration in the midst of adversity. In every segment, we will discuss faith, life's obstacles that try to get in our way, and how we can maintain our resilience with God and a whole lot of coffee. I am Reese, your host. Grab a mug of your choice and come on in. Everybody. Welcome back to God Coffee and Resilience Podcast. It's me, Reese, your host. And today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Ayana Edwards. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Y'all, just a backstory. Like, huh? I was saying, hey, God Coffee and Resilient Podcast members. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Lord have mercy. I got to tell you, I forgot to tell you before we started, but it's cool. There is a lag. Like when I say something and about time you say something, there's a little bit of like maybe a three, four second lag. So when you're telling your story, I'm going to try not to talk verbally. I'm going to just do the nonverbal <laughs> okay. and try not to cut you off or anything like that. But we'll make it through. The audience, they have heard me say that a million times, so they should be with it by now. But I'm super excited to have you today and for you to take time out of your Sunday because, you know, today is the rest day and the clean day and everything else. So thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Oh, guys, it's a very, very awesome backstory to me and her relationship. So we actually ended up meeting at the Woman Evolve conference this year with Sarah Jakes. She was in Dallas at the Potter's house and we sat next to each other. Um, I think that was the first day. And um, I don't know. It was just I just looked to my left and she was very warm and inviting. And she had um, one of her clients with her. And we were just I just felt the love. I just felt the the sisterliness. And so we exchanged phone numbers and we went from there. I asked her to be on the podcast. So I'm excited to have her here. Yes, I'm so excited. That was a phenomenal experience. And I'm yes. glad to even just have experienced that with you. So you know exactly yes. what was going on. And it was good. Of it was course. Yes. And now she's Sarah starting to post everything on Instagram now from um, of from the sermons and everything that happened that weekend. And I'm still kind of on cloud nine. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes. Still. Well, sis, I got to ask you a question. I always try to do icebreakers at the beginning and sometimes I switch it up or at least I try. But I'm going to stick with my very first question, which is what is your favorite caffeinated beverage? Hmm. It's either ginger ale or I love coffee for sure. I love coffee yes. or ginger ale. Doesn't See, that's why that's why we're sisters. See, that's why. Because <laughs> I was somebody else that came on here and they were like root beer. And I was like, I have a root beer every now and then, but ginger ale is the cure for all things. And okay. so and for black people, we drink ginger ale, we have a stomach ache, a headache, you hurt your toe, grandma give you some ginger ale. It's the cure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cure. Yep, right. I agree. It's a small yes. as well. I loved it when I was pregnant with um, my four-year-old and uh -huh. oh my God, I was addicted. And so afterwards, I didn't really <laughs> like it that much, but um, I picked up my taste buds again for it. And I just, I still love it. So it's one of my Yes. Favorites. 
I have a ginger ale sister. I don't know where y'all at, but we 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 are ginger ale um, lovers here. So I'm glad mm-hmm. I have you here. And then coffee. Oh gosh, Monday through Friday, every morning I drink a cup of coffee. I love the smell of coffee. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know any particular coffee you like because I know people got Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, um, no. So there was a, I do like Folgers, of course, if I'm making it at home. I don't really go to Starbucks like that anymore. So Folgers have been mm-hmm. my go-to um, for the past month or so. Um, and I love hazelnut coffee creamer. So I have to have mm-hmm. creamer in there. I don't put sugar, but I put enough creamer to have that sugary taste. Sis, where have you been? That's the only creamer I use. See, yeah, this see, is too much. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Awesome. So I think my next question would be, what are three things that people wouldn't like off the bat know about you? Like what are three things you think that would actually surprise people? Mm, That I went to jail. That is the jail. I went to jail. And we'll talk about that today, hopefully. I mean, oh, okay. yeah, I went to just, most people are like, oh my gosh, girl, I cannot, I don't really expect that from you. But yeah, that that's part of my story. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of dogs. Me neither. I don't really like dogs. Um, and another one, one more thing. Hmm. Um. I don't have like an extra toe or anything. Oh, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know a third one that people may not. Yeah, I got two for you for sure. Okay, I I'll take the two. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, love, you've already kind of sort of mentioned um, your story a little bit with the, with the incarceration piece, but we got to work our way up to it. So mm-hmm. take us back down memory lane and um, start from like how old you were, where you were living at the time and kind of paint the picture so we can see it. What was going on um, in your life before you got into the relationship and then after like I guess after it started like the honeymoon type phase okay um so I was about 19 years old when I started dating um this guy and I was living at home with my parents and I was getting ready I was I didn't go to college or anything. I had two jobs. I was working at a daycare and also at Jack in a Box. So I was alternating, you know, uh, jobs at that time. And then I eventually left both jobs and got a call center job working for a United Healthcare. And I, you know, felt like I was getting independence and it was like, you know, they were paying $10 an hour. And so I, it was the most money that I thought I would make. And so I started to um, look for an apartment, found my apartment, started dating this guy. And we basically like moved into with each other within weeks. Okay. So, um, the honeymoon phase, it was it was no honeymoon phase. It was not he was wanting and dining me. It was just me kind of being desperate for love. And 
just I was so naive and I didn't realize what I was signing up for, but everything just moved very quickly. Um, he, we didn't separate ourselves from one another for a while. And I, I was just so easily open to him. And I, I was spending a lot of time with him. It's like just a lot of time. And so Eventually, we moved in together after like three months. He stayed with us and well, with me because I was staying by myself at the time. And um, he was living with his sister. He didn't have his own place or anything. So when he moved in with me, I didn't think that he was moving in. I thought it was just like, okay, you're spending the night. You got your little spend the night bag and you, you're going to go home. Don't go so, home. He never went home and it was just a fight from there on, like to get him to go back home to, with his sister. So during this time, I was just like, I was working every day, just going to work and just trying to, I was making good money. So I was, you know, out here living girl. And he put his hands on me one night. So when he put his hands on me one night, I was I was really shocked. I thought it was just a reaction. I thought I had made him mad or something. I was like, well, what, what did I do? Like, okay, maybe I said something wrong that maybe, you know, irritated him and he just passed out on me. I didn't think, I had never seen anything like that. So I was like, well, was, you know, I didn't, for a minute I started to question myself and then I was like, no, I didn't do, I didn't do anything. So that was the one incident. It kind of died down after that. But then I got pregnant. And so there was control that built up after, with me being pregnant. Like, where are you going? What are you doing? Um, well, let me use your car and take you to work. I'll drop you off. I'll, you know, just do all of these things in, where I didn't have much control of anything. Um, so by this time, we're, we're locked in. We're not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. I have a baby on the way. Um, and when I had my son, he was about six months old. I moved back in. I actually broke my lease from that apartment because I, I got pregnant and I could not afford that apartment anymore and also bring in a child. So I went back home to live with my parents. And my son was about six months old at this time. And I'm enduring more like abuse, like two pigs standing up in the carpet after having a C-section with my son. Um, and, you know, just things like that, little petty stuff. And but it wasn't until this one incident where we were arguing because he was on the phone and he was pretending. I think he was pretending as though he was talking to a female. and. I'm ironing clothes at this time, you know, getting ready for work to go to work. And he's on the phone like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, go to Waffle House and take um, Josiah, which is my, my oldest son. I'm going to take him with me and, you know, we're going to kick it. And I'm like, you know, I'm just listening. And so he then asked for my car keys to get the stroller and the car seat out of the car so he can take take it with him. And I'm like, well. What are you doing? Because my, my parents were going to watch um, my son that day while I was at work. He's like, well, we finna go and this is that. So there were, there was an exchange. 
while he was going to the car, I went to get my keys because honestly, I thought he was going to take the car. Just it would make sense for you to just take the car. But he um, wanted the car seat in a stroller. So I was like, OK, let me have my keys. I'll get it out for you. So there was just, an, you know, tussle back and forth about that. But he grabbed my wrist and that's when I yanked it back and I went in the house. But as I was going in the house, my mom, she was like, what's going on? You know, I see y'all arguing out here. We can hear you in the house. And so I'm like, well, he's, you know, trying to like he's upset because I won't give him the car seat and the stroller because he's not going to have a baby at this point. Like you're watching uh, my son. So there's no point in him taking the car seat and the stroller. So it was just a petty, you know, petty argument that I thought would die down. And I go in the house and mom's like, no, he's he's like upset. You need to call the police and we need to figure out, you know, like what's going on. So we both, me and my mom thought that the police would just mediate the situation. So as we go in the house to call the police, that's when he took off on foot with the stroller in the car seat. And as when he took when he took off on foot, we didn't know where he was at. So we called the police like, hey, we don't know where he's at. He's trying to take the uh, the car, you know, the car seat and stroller and stuff like this. And he's just like so upset that he's like scaring us, basically. Like he was threatening me. And so during this time, when we called the police, we're waiting and then the police shows up. And they come inside, they look around the house, they're looking at pictures, they're doing all of these, um, you know, just surveying, surveying the house or whatever. And he's he's asking me to tell my side of the story, what happened. So I tell him, like, oh, we're having a little petty argument about him getting the car seat in the stroller. It was a petty argument. Truly, it was. And um, he was like, well, did you know that he was cut? And I was like, no, I, I didn't know that he was cut. So come to find out, he had cut himself, like on his walk with the stroller and the car seat, he had cut himself. And the cut was obviously pretty deep for the police officer to then arrest me. So he didn't buy my story or anything. He didn't, because I was just like, I'm calling police because he scared me. Like he frightened me, you know, he threatened me and, and this and that, like he's upset. So he was just talking crazy. And, um, I'm like, well, why am I going, you know, why am I going to jail? And in that moment, I really just couldn't understand it, but I really feel like God had put me in that situation so that I could know my worth. I could, you know, figure out where I was, how I was valuable and what he, what he had for me. So after, wait a minute, how old, how, what, what was the age difference between y'all and how did you meet? So we met at a gas station. We met at a gas station. Um, it was just, I was 19. He was like 25 at the time, maybe not even 25, probably like 24. And um, he approached me at the gas station. And that's when I, you know, we exchanged numbers. We met up, we started hanging out and he lived in the neighborhood. So it was very, very easy for me to stay in contact with him and to just, you know, have that entertainment. 
So it wasn't anything. It wasn't, it was no distance between us because he literally lived right around the corner. I knew his nephew. Like we were so, you know, already connected in a few ways. So yeah, we just. What, what do you think it was about him that, that drew you in? He was really funny. He was, he made me laugh. And he he just had like a charming spirit. And I was just, I was engulfed in that charm. And his funniness, like he he just made me laugh. It was like warming, you know, it was, it was real cool. I didn't think that he had an angry side of him. Like it was just, he was happy. He smiled a lot and had a really pretty smile. And so I was, you know, drew in just by his smile because it seemed to be so genuine. Right. And he was, he was staying with his sister. Did anything ever happen? Like, did he move out his parents' house or like, did he have other children or? So he had a daughter at the time and they, I don't know the time frame of when they had broke up, but looking back now, I think it was pretty short between the time of me meeting him in the time that they broke up. So his mother had lived in Louisiana. She was not living here at all at that time, I believe. And he only had his sisters there. So his dad was in Louisiana as well. So he he didn't really have any other family members that he could rely on. He was a convicted family already. So at this point, he couldn't, you know, get his own place. He couldn't really have it. He had a job. At least that's what he told me. Like, oh, he worked at this place. He even wore a uniform every day. So it was, I, you know, it was just buying his story. Like, oh, you're at work, you know, and he's working, I'm working. So I thought it was just an equal, you know, match. I'm like, okay, good. He's He's got a job. He can, we can go eat or something, you know, and yeah, so he turns out he didn't have a job. He was just at home all day. Now, fast forward, like he cut himself and tried to say or make it look like you did it. And then they yeah. end up arresting you. So when did they find out that was a lie? Like, how long did you have to stay in jail? Like, how long did that play out before they caught on to his plan or his lie? Mm -hmm. So this is when I feel like God has really showed me favor and just grace because I went to jail. I spent about 26 hours in jail, so it wasn't long at all, um, but I was facing up to two years. So after I got out of jail, I had to call in every Friday to the bail bonds to basically report you know, that I'm not running away and stuff like that. So I did that for a year and that was a probationary period. And I had to call in, you know, biweekly um, to check and see if I had a court date. Right. Every time I would call in to see if I had a court date, there was no case for me. There was no arrest records. There was nothing. And so I really, I really feel like that was just a moment for me to turn around, turn the situation around and really go after what God had planned for me. Um, 
but I didn't see it. You know, I didn't see it that way that back then. I'm just, I was so confused. I'm like, okay, well, they can't find my um, case. You know, I kept calling and kept calling and nothing. So for two years, I'm calling to see if I have a court date set, nothing. So it didn't even show up on my record. And this was a class, yeah, this was a class A misdemeanor. It didn't even show up on my record. Um, it was it was just truly God showing favor to me and grace yeah. and giving me a second chance because I had not been in trouble, you know, with the law before. You know, you'll get yeah. there, but it was nothing to the significance of domestic violence and it was it was traumatizing. Like it was that was my low moment for me. Mm-hmm. As I could imagine, because I mean, you had two jobs. You got your own place. Like you moved on, and you were moving up. And then he comes along and throws everything off track. Um, but of course, you had a blessing by him, your son. And so, like after after you came back home and all of that happened, like what happened to him? Um, when I came, okay, so he lived with me. Yeah, he lived with me because after we, after I broke my lease, I was pregnant, had my son. He was then living with us as well, with my parents. So during this time, you know, we basically share a household together, you know, with my parents. We're in one room and we're sleeping in one queen size bed. And he was just, you know, during that time, he was going and coming as he pleased. He didn't even have a job then at that time because he, as a felon, it's really hard to get a job and keep one. But I feel like it's also depending on the person as well. So there are opportunities out here for people with convicted felons. But, you know, it's all about what you're ambitious to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, was there ever at a point like he ain't still staying with y'all now? Oh no, no, no. 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 So, yeah. When did he leave? Okay, so here's another turn in the story. So after going to jail and um, you know, going through that, after two years, he had so in between that time frame of just still constantly calling the um bail bonds to, you know, re- do my weekly reporting. He had goes he goes to jail for six months and I got my own apartment again. So this is the time I found another job, a, a more stable job. This is 2015. I found a, another job. It was paying me like $15 an hour, which was really good. So this is when I'm like, I finally am free, you know, of him. I don't have, we have a child together, so you'll always be connected, but at this moment, this is when I felt so free of him and that I could finally move on in life. And so I, I found a job, stayed there for about a year. He got out. I was in my own apartment and he comes back. So when he comes back, um, during this time, I'm like, OK, well, he seems you know, like he's changed and I've forgiven him. And I've extended grace to him when I probably shouldn't have. And we start dating again. 
this time there is resentment because during the six months that he was in prison, I was not writing him. I had just moved on. There was no, you know, money on his books. There was nothing, no support in that at, at all. It was my freedom. So when he moves back in, he is really resentful again. And this is the moment when I lost it. He choked me out. And literally, I felt my body lifting up off the ground when he choked me. And by the time he let me go, I just knew that my feet, like my feet was hitting the ground and I was just, you know, gasping for air and trying to like just gather, you know, gather my breath again. That that experience really opened my eyes up because this was the second time that I had made a mistake. I ignored what God was doing the first time and I opened up, you know, myself again to him a second time. And I, that's when I experienced that near death experience of being choked and just not being able to breathe. And that was traumatized. That was, again, it was it was absolutely traumatizing. Like I could not, I couldn't come back from that because it made me feel even worse. Like I took you back, so this is this is my own mistake. So now I'm my self esteem is very very low. I'm just confused. I'm losing friendships. Like it was really bad, and. You isolate. When you're in a domestic violence situation, you're automatically going to be isolated from, you know, your loved ones because they, the more you're around people, the more that they see, you don't really want them to see anything. So I was yet again being threatened on a day-to-day basis, Um, just that he would kill me and that if I couldn't, you know, it, it was the pettiest things that would, you know, irk him. Like, what is this, what does it say on your food box? If it said Cameron, who is Cameron? You know, things like that was just, it was that petty. Like those petty things really irked him. They, I don't know. I don't know if that made him feel weak or how it, you know, truly made him feel, but it was the moment where he would take attack to me. And so after that, after being choked, I found out that I was pregnant for the second time. So this is only even four months in to new dating again. Like we haven't been dating a long time, you know, since him getting out. Um, so this four months, I'm pregnant again. And... I've experienced that. So now at this point, I'm, you know, getting ready to sign up for maternity leave at my job. And there is no, I get approved for the maternity leave, but I don't get the approval for the finances, like um, the short-term disability. So there's no income coming in from being on maternity leave. So at this point, I have to just you know, kind of thrive off survival. And I started doing hair. So when I started doing hair, 
Um, I'm sorry, just had a just drew blank there. Um, so when I started doing hair, that's when I I started to make more money than I was making on my job, and it really it opened my eyes because I was like, okay, well I can this may be my outlet to you know get moving forward because I'm like if I can have more money, then I can you know do more things. So I was pregnant. I worked doing hair up until my due date, which was January. So December 11th, right? The month before I had my daughter, uh, he wrecked my car, totally that. He dropped me off at work. While I was at work, he crashed my car. So at this point, I have no car. We don't have public trans transportation where I'm at. Um, and it's just a big inconvenience to, you know, ask family and friends to take you here and there. So Christmas time, we had no car. I'm catching Uber to the grocery store. Um, he does get a job by then. So he, he was able to get like a truck, you know, like a cash, uh, car or something. So we were using that, but it would break down. It would. You know, it just wasn't stable. So January, well, March, up until March, that's when my lease ends. And I was able to, you know, fully pay the rent up until March. And when my lease was over, I moved back in with my parents. And at this time, this is when I knew I had to go. Like, I just... I had to go. I had enough. I went to jail. Like all these, you know, sequence of events, just the abuse, living in the apartment for that entire year, just, you know, putting my clients in danger and them just feeling so uncomfortable. It was something I had to do. It was something I owed to myself and to my kids. So I left him when my daughter was four months old. And that was in 2017. So I was at that point, I didn't know, you know, who I was. I didn't know. I was very insecure. I didn't have a car. So I'm catching Uber everywhere I need to go. But it didn't stop me. I just kept going. I did whatever it was going to take to get back to me and get back to someone that I am. I was proud to be someone that was a positive influence on my kids and during, yeah, so during that time, I would attend different women empowerment events. I would attend, you know, different seminars and and just to grow and just to evolve and be better than what I was going through and what I've experienced in the past three or four years. What do you think kept you motivated? Like, what, what, where do you think, like, that thought came from for you to just get to a positive place, get, get to know yourself or get to know what your purpose is, your passion is? Like, where do you think that thought came from or during that time? Like, how could you see that God was still in the mix? So during that year of being pregnant and having no car, you know, just that came towards the end of the year. But just that entire year and all the sequence of events, especially after, you know, just almost being dead, I got closer to God. I started praying more. I started those prayers of God, if you get me out of this, uh, you know, I will do this or I'll do that. I won't go back to him. 
it was prayers like that that just kind of led me into, you know, just trying to figure out, okay, look, I got to, you know, I'm going to keep praying, but I got to figure out how to be positive and how to, you know, because it, it'll push this negativity away, I thought. And so it, my relationship with God really did go deeper and he just kept sending me people like my clients, they would support, they would, it's crazy because I didn't even think that they saw it. Cause again, you, you don't really want people to know. So you do everything to hide it, or at least you think you are. And you're, you're not, people see right through you and right. what you're going through. They see the people, you know, you're surrounded with and they check your character and they're like, that doesn't, that doesn't add up. So they would, you know, extend their hands to me and, you know, just offer things to me that I didn't even probably deserve or felt like I deserved in that moment. So it was it was the people that he sent to just help me at that time, to pull me out of that deep darkness that I was feeling. Um, I remember a client, she used to come and it's so crazy because I'm now looking back, I'm like, where did she come from? You know, like how... How was that? So how did I end up with that type of person as a client, you know, just doing care out of my house? And it just didn't add up. So I was like, that was, you know, nothing but God, because she would pick me up from um, the house, bring me to the grocery store. She would pick me up from the house and bring me to um, the salon that I was that I ended up working out of. And she would just take me with her. She would bring me to her house and just show me a good time. And just, you know, she showed me a different side of life. And I'm like, well, it, you know, it was an inspiration to do more and to be more. And I just started doing whatever it was going to take, reading books, um, you know, listening to Sarah Jake. That's when I really got introduced yes. to her. And she helped me to, you know, come out of that deep darkness and move on and, and realize that I can be broken and still you know and heal at the same time yes yes I love Sarah um I was introduced to PT first and then it was around the time PT and Sarah had just met and he was introducing Sarah to his church and she was going to be first lady Sarah and it was just the way she looked at him and I was like there there's just so much in love like you can see it you can see how much they love each other and then from then she started you know speaking as she calls it she was like I'm not a preacher blah 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 and now look at her like she's just on fire. But um, <laughs> first yeah. of all, sis, let me just thank you. Um, and, and let's just praise on you for a minute and the Lord for bringing you through that situation. Um, I know that was tough. And sometimes we do crazy things when we be in love with people and we choose to see the potential in them and choose to see the goodness in them when they don't even see it in themselves. And then we be the ones end ending up in the hurt place. And I've been there too, especially in college. Um, terrible, terrible situation, but I'm happy. It could have been a lot worse. So I'm yeah. happy that it wasn't and you came on out. And where where would you say your relationship with God is now? Like, what would you say? Where are you at right now, currently? Hmm. Right now, I am walking out the discernment that he has given me. So I feel like 
I've always had a spiritual gift. I've never really tuned into it. And some people just call it intuition. But, you know, you do get that intuition, but it's more connected to God. Right. And so I'm just listening to his instruction. I'm following his lead. I am praying more, seeking his face more um, and being diligent about it. Not like Ture would say, you know, doing drive by meetings with God. It's yes. really intentional. It's a, it's a very intimate relationship now. I consult with him about anything. And I used to always like, I used to always be like, um, I want friendship. I need friendship. And I'm now I'm like, God, I'm going to find friendship in you before I open myself up to, you know, other friendships. Not that I'm not open yes. to it, but. I just don't want any kind of friend. You know, you can't have everybody in in your circle now. So I understand Mm -hmm. that. And I'm just listening. Like, I'm open. I'm open to what he wants to do for me and with me and Mm -hmm. using me in any way. Yes. Yes, Lord. I would definitely say, in a way, that's where I am, too. Like, um... I don't know. Like I thought about doing a prayer call in the morning or having an accountability partner or someone I can do Bible study with or someone that can help me help them help myself <laughs> and where I should be reading in the Bible and different things. I, I truly believe that friendship and love does start with God. Um and being serious about him. And I believe first, when you put him first, all the other things that you want will be added. I think that is Matthew 6, 33. Um, Yeah. Seek the kingdom of God first and all these other things will be added unto you. And I just honestly feel like if we start with God first, every person he put in our life, it's going to be like, almost like, I don't know if you ever heard PT preach on destiny people or your, your, um, your people. I, I'm, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but those people that are be strategically put in your life will be like your lifelong people. And I truly believe that. Now, friendships do come and go as we get older. I, I've learned that. But um, I believe that these next group of friends that both of us will have will be friends for the long haul. And I'm super, super excited about that because that was one of the things um, that I think I talked to you about at the I forgot how we got on that topic at the um, Woman Evolve conference. And I think you said friendships. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been wanting some friends, too. Yeah, because yeah. I just moved here. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I said when we were sharing, um, when I think it was Dr. Anita Phillips, she had us share yes. what we were afraid that we didn't have enough of. And I said friendship because people are, you know, I, I do understand the value in friendship and how right. it can aid in evolving you as a person. And, right. you know, so that was, yeah, that was one of the things. But when I left that conference, I said, God, I want to find friendship in you first because that's, that's where friendship is. That's where it started, yes. with, you know, and right. that's what I've been doing. Just really making him my friend. And it feels good because, I can see more things aligning up and that divine alignment is, is necessary. 
you know. Oh, it is. It is. And I will definitely say since I left the conference, I've been watching, I know it's old, but The Chosen, it's a show called The Chosen. And it tells about Jesus's life, how he was in the flesh, but it also walks out um, different stories in the Bible, like when he healed the paralytic man or um, talked to the woman at the well in Samaria and all that. Um, It kind of shows a different side of Jesus, like the human side of Jesus and how he really is more relatable than what we think and his character. And it, I think on Tubi, T-U-B-I, it's a free um, app. If you have a smart TV and you can go in there and look up The Chosen and watch the whole first season. I think there's a second season coming out, but I got introduced to The Chosen through my pastor's wife. She had a girls night at the church. Um, social Dallas. And she talked about the chosen and played the clip of him meeting a woman at the well. And I was like, I have to watch this show. And now I'm mad because I can't find season two, but, <laughs> but I started watching it and I learned about Nicodemus and what type of person he was. So it's cool. And I've been trying to just surround myself, my, my gates. So my eyes and my ears with more like gospel and positivity and podcasts and things like that to keep me on track. Cause I'm not going to lie. Ever since the woman evolved conference has ended, the devil has been after me. It started with the problems with my car and then I got in a car accident and it just went from there. And so it, every time I turn around, it's been something, but I have continued to praise the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, you good. You're good. I ain't even going, you good Lord. Um, yes, but yeah. To, um, did, did you hear? I don't know if you heard me, but my car got broken into right after the conference. Yeah, like not right after like the weekend, of, but it was like Monday or Tuesday, um, uh-huh. the week following in my car. Yeah, it got broken into. And I'm just like, that ain't nothing but the devil. Because they didn't take nothing, girl. They just made a big old mess. And I'm like, you know, they said that you, there would be a target on your back. And yes, you know, with the anointing that you just we got over that weekend, I didn't, I didn't really, I wasn't scared or anything, but I was just like, that was nothing but the devil trying to spook me because I, you know, I have children and I was just walking out alone and Mm -hmm. to see that I was kind of scared, like, okay, well what? But I was just like, you know what? That was, that was the devil's um, plan to kind of spook me and make me fearful. But I just went into prayer and yeah. So like you said, it's, it's been one thing after another. I understand. Yes, Lord, we're going to keep in touch and continue to hold each other accountable and check in on each other and hopefully spend some time with each other (laughs) since we haven't seen each other since the conference, because we got to keep looking out for each other, not even that, not just in the physical, but in the spiritual too. Um, continue praying for each other. But I do have to ask the last question. What advice would you give someone who's listening that might be in a similar situation or they might be in a situation where they feel like they can't get out of? It may be a domestic violence situation, um, physical abuse, a parental situation. Like, what are some advice you would give someone that's scared to take that next step and might be scared to know the Lord for themselves? Well, I would first start off with something that my dad told me, and it didn't hit me until later. But he said, when a person shows you who they are the first time, believe them. Mm-hmm. People show you who they are in their actions, how they take care of themselves, um, and how they love on themselves. So that's, 
you know, that can show you how they will love on you um, and how they will care for you. And just watch people in their actions. They can say one thing. They can, you know, they can mean that. But what they do is everything. And mm-hmm. that shows you who they are. Um, and as far as your, you know, increasing someone's faith, I would say trust him because he has your best. He, he wants the best for you. Right. So trust in him. Um, he, you don't have to come to him perfectly, um, unflawed. He accepts you flaws and all. He accepts you in your dry places. And what I mean by that is he accepts you when you make mistakes over and over again that may not serve you or serve, you know, what he has for you. So just continue to pray. Seek his face diligently. He's got your back. Yes, I love that, sis. I love what you said about making sure that you watch how people like how they move because they could say whatever, but we watching, you know, how they move with themselves and other people and it just don't add up. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also I really got to trust my spirit of discernment. I didn't know what that was 100 percent until I got around some people I really outgrew and wasn't connected with like that. And they were trying to do like some foul foolishness. And I was just like, "Mm -mm." and so I kind of felt that just something didn't sit right. And I just kept trying to force it. And you can feel that, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you you trust that feeling. Um, where can the audience get in contact with you if they want to give you feedback about this episode or they want to support you or maybe come get their hair did? Where can they find you? <laughs> so on Instagram, you can find me at um, underscore all things beauty for you underscore. Well, where can the people find you if they want to connect with you? You can connect with me on Instagram at underscore all things beauty, number four, the letter U underscore. Okay. Okay. I love that. Y'all please go, go and support my girl, my soul sister here. Um, I truly, truly want to thank you for coming on today and spending 30 plus minutes with us on talking about your story, how you overcame that, how God was present throughout it all. And it sounded like he was running after you too. He was in love with you. He was like, come to me, my child. And so he got you in the end. And, um, And later on down the line, we met. So I'm just super excited that you told your story. But not only that, that somebody listening is connected to your voice and they're going to get a blessing today when they listen to this episode or you're going to help somebody or set somebody free from some bondage. And I'm super excited because somebody did not want us to make this episode, but we made it anyway. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Oh, Lord. Well, I just want to say thank you to all of my listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this podcast and you can connect with me at theresilientpa.com. Until next time, guys, have a great week and we will check in soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for having Thank you for 
for tuning in to this week's episode of God Coffee and Resilience. You can also follow us on Instagram at God Coffee and Resilience Podcast. You can also follow the host, Reese, at The Resilient PA. And you can also check out our website at TheResilientPA.com. Take care, guys.